All right, so for those of you guys who are watching this on YouTube, there's probably not a lot of YouTube-friendly content in this episode, so you guys are going to have to make sure you go to timandjohnshow.com. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter because what I'm going to be doing at the end of this month is I'm going to be giving out my client webinar that I gave uh, about three or four weeks ago, which is, you know, I wasn't winging at all like I'm sort of doing right now, where we had, you know, just, you know, a jam packed of information on actionable items of what, uh, you know, I think is coming forward and, you know, how things are going to break down. And this was, you know, information people paid a lot of money uh, to basically attend as my clients. But, you know, it, it, it is important enough information that I really want to get this out. So make sure you go to timandjohnshow.com to not only catch all the latest episodes, but then you also at the end of this month are going to be emailing out to our subscribers, uh, you know, that client webinar and minus the question portion and Q&A portion of that. But, you know, you will get sort of the kit and caboodle of what is going on. And this is something that I should be selling for hundreds of dollars. And, uh, you know, instead, you know, if you guys are signing up, getting the information out, because at the end of the day, we want to make sure we do have rich people within the liberty movement and that we're all not going to be poor because, you know, if you have money, you can buy yourself time. And then if you have time, then you have time to fight the bad guys and, and also money helps fight the bad guys as well and also helps sustain yourself and live. So it's about, you know, getting to that next, uh, you know, level of things. But anyways, make sure you check us out on other platforms because I, I think that we're just going to have like a snippet of the Tim and John show that is on here because, uh, you know, we got into a lot of subjects that uh, they, them, those on YouTube don't like us talking Klaus. about. Anyways, we're talking about enjoy. Klaus. Klaus Schwab. President Tim Pichot, the Liberty Advisor, joined with John Stice and Economic Truth for the Tim and John Show. And there's just so much stuff to talk about. I mean, like we've said a million times, like I, I wish we, like we did one of these and like there wasn't anything to talk about because then we wouldn't have to do these and maybe the world would be a better place. And, you know, just <laughs> would kind of get to avoid a lot of the craziness that's going on. But, you know, John and I, uh, I didn't tell him what we're going to share first. So here I'm going to play a video. Maybe you've already seen this. Not sure. But anyways, uh, this is a former BlackRock executive. Just sort of get your take on uh, this video. So we've got this video coming up in just one second. Perfect cover for central banks to print money for an emergency. And um, also put in place medical tyranny systems as cover for a collapse of the financial system uh, to prevent riots. So my overarching thesis is that this is cover. You see the global coordination all over the all over the world um, and the medical systems that they're putting in place um, to track, to limit travel, to prevent riots, what have you. And it's just a system of control because the um, I believe the social contract has been broken. People just don't know that yet. All the pensions are broke. They're not going to be able to pay. Sounds like he watched, you know, the show we did with uh, Etienne de la Boutier or, you know, pretty much, you know, since the beginning of the Tim and John show covering, you know, everything that's going on with that statement. But just want to get your reaction to that former uh, Blackhawk executive breaking down that this is all basically a cover up of the financial system. Uh, there was another clip. So that wasn't the initial clip that I I'd saw. But uh, anyways, I think in the other clip, you know, he did talk about how. Uh, you know, they've printed anywhere from like 65 to 80% of all the money that's been in existence that basically, you know, staved off like a massive financial crisis. And now everything that is going on basically is to prevent, uh, you know, riots in the street because now there's going to be COVID and, you know, you can't go out there and riot. And, you know, what, what say you, John, on uh, this former BlackRock portfolio manager? No, I, I think there's a lot of skeletons in the closet. And, uh, you know, I talked to uh, another former fund manager of Fidelity, a $8 billion fund, pretty much what this guy has uh, been doing at BlackRock. 
Uh, and uh, he was saying that, you know, like the climate change is just a scam by created by the Wall Street elites and, and same with, you know, COVID as well uh, to make a crap ton of money, of course. And that's, you know, what they're in the business of doing. And it's all about control. And uh, like if you go to like, for example, the world, the uh, you know, economic forums, young global leaders, you know, I, 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 I'm just 60 people in a 3600 and I'm finding a ton of Wall Streeters and, and financiers, to be honest with you. So yeah, a lot of people hanging out. And actually, this guy is a, a former BlackRock uh, managing director, equity portfolio manager at BlackRock from November 2002 to October 2012. So he uh, he's he's not making this up. I actually have his LinkedIn profile pulled up here. And I have him as a connection, funny enough, to him. <laughs> and I didn't even know. All right, we should we what we got we got to see if we can get this guy on and holding back all this uh yeah. you know, great bombshell information. I I could yeah I'll message him. You know, it's my first. Maybe connection. show some of the other shows that we've done on this. Where we can get some clips <laughs> of Etienne de la Boutier and uh, I think yeah. Etienne right now is down in uh, Anarchapoco, and it just sucks. The last time we saw each other was actually about two years ago, pretty much uh, almost to the day uh, down there in Anarchapoco, and obviously a lot has. A lot has changed. Uh, now, one article I did also want to actually, I'm not really going to get too much into the article. It's more just a headline. And mainly that's because, uh, just one second here. So we've got the Fed missed inflation. Can Jay Powell tame it without causing a recession? And since I don't uh, subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, we don't get that. But I Most did answer. get. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I did, I did save it from earlier on today. So I do have all the text. But you know what? We don't need to read the text because the uh, skip down answer is no. However, with a caveat, and I think the caveat is basically has to do with that video that we shot probably, I don't know, how long ago were you in Phoenix and we were over at Ernie's house and we shot that one video by his pool? I mean, was that like three well, years ago? Well, that'd be like 2019. Was that 2019? Yeah, yeah. That's about three years ago. December, yeah. Yeah, that's what So we shot a video. This is prior to the Tim and John show uh, existing. And that's when we we're back on Wham! before, uh, you know, we we're kicked off YouTube. And the premise of the video is called the case for no more recessions. And basically, if the technical definition of a recession is two negative quarters of GDP growth, and then let's say all of a sudden you can just be the Federal Reserve and print $20 trillion and say and have inflation be, you know, uh, you know, 30%, but then, you know, but then you're printing more than that. And then you're but the GDP print is more than that because they can rig the inflation number and rig, you know, to the low end of that. And they can also rig the GDP number to, to the higher end of that. And so technically you can have, you know, mass despondency and people everywhere not being able to afford things because uh, they've been inflated out of existence, but yet you could technically avoid a recession just because the technical definition of the recession is two negative quarters of GDP growth. So, I mean, technically you could just, you you know, as long as you have any positive GDP growth, uh, you know, you can stave off a technical definition of a recession, but really it's a bullshit definition that it, in actuality, it should have to do with the living standards of how people are doing because the living standards across America are going to decline big time. And I think that that is pretty much like one of the easiest predictions to make out there because you know, it, the amount of inflation that we have right now is definitely not transitory. We had a video in May called it's inflation is not transitory and, uh, <laughs> coronavirus. Uh, sorry. I'm just uh, so sick over here, but anyways, um, uh, you know, what do you, what do you make of that, of that wall street journal article about, you know, can Jay Paul tame inflation without causing a recession? Well, I think we talked about this before, Tim, and what we, 
basically, I think you and me are pretty similar to what we think. Like, you know, uh, last time they made it to two point, was it two point five? I think. Uh, and it and actually, I I looked at it further, Tim, and it seems like every time they hike interest rates, like they gotta go down half of what they initially did. So I think the the one before, like maybe you could look this up, but uh, the before two thousand and eight, uh, they were uh, managing to get it up to five. Then it was two point five. So now, if they go up half again, it'd be one point twenty five. Uh, I'm not sure if that is exactly correct, uh, but what did you say about 1.25? If they yeah, that's that. what I'm guessing that they will like try to get to uh, before you know SHTF <laughs> basically in the markets. Uh, they like they're talking about you know 50 basis points, so like 0.5 percent hike uh, potentially. They might do two of them, and then uh, maybe they'll get their quarter percent, but. There's there's so much leverage in the market. There's so much, um, you know, amount of malfeasance and and misinvestments now. And I, Tim, if you can let me share something, I want to share a a chart here with people. Uh, and it's actually uh, a very interesting chart from Deutsche Deutsche Bank, my favorite bank. <laughs> and and so let me share it here for you guys. Uh, this this is actually uh, from Deutsche Bank, and it's uh, it's about the zombie apocalypse. You know, it's starting to happen. Uh, as you can see here, you have you know an increase, it's a very increase. Look at two thousand. I mean, for the I mean, for the people listening to this, you want yeah. to explain what zombie corporations are? Yeah, so basically, zombie corporations are corporations that basically only pay interest on. They can't even pay down their debt. They have to actually further accumulate more debt to pay either dividends to their investors or to even pay the interest on their debt. Uh, so they're basically like zombies, meaning that they're kept alive by debt, basically. Uh, there, there's no way like out other than accumulating ever more debt. Uh, and as you could see, what is, isn't this an interesting tidbit? You know how in, in 2002, that's kind of when the first little intervention happened uh, by the Fed. But then of course, 2008, and as you can see, like as the Fed intervene, and, and uh, you know, Fed is very reputable about doing a great job of uh, of uh, working and and making sure the economy works really good. Uh, they're just creating more and more zombies that are basically bankrupt corporations that can't pay their bills, uh, and they're just kept on life support. You know, at the ICU, they're they're basically like a uh, a uh, you know a, a vaccine damaged. Uh, person that you know ends up in the ICU and uh, uh, you know they're they're keeping him on life support so they can make thirty nine thousand dollars basically off of uh, you know putting him on the ventilator to to you know keep keep them alive. So all these all these zombies here are just basically being put in the ICU, being put on ventilators. So the Federal Reserve some money off of them, uh, you know, constantly you know uh, bailing them out and. Uh, of course, they have to bail them out because if they can't pay their debt, the banks will go bankrupt because they they have to get pay their interest or whatever to keep themselves afloat. So it's just a massive Ponzi scheme, and and as you can see there, it's getting pretty. Let's see here, it's it's probably like close to eighteen percent now, and uh, it's just getting worse and worse every year. And this is twenty twenty. I, I would I could only imagine we're at in twenty twenty one. 
you know, after because 2020 was just the start of, you know, the, the crisis. And now you're really starting to see like a lot of things are unfolding. You know, you see uh, in the stock market right now, you have uh, a 2%, uh, you know, 10-year bond that you that that was one of your numbers, Tim, that you were mentioning. And sure enough, like right as it hit, a lot of turmoil happened in the markets. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people probably would have thought that that number would have been, you know, a lot higher than two. Uh, I mean, especially if you go back like a year ago or you go back to Trump's, you know, greatest economy in the history of the world. But, you know, in essence, you know, another one of these articles that you had shared just shows the fragility of the market and everything that is going on. And so, I mean, if we take a look at this uh, Zero Hedge article, which I don't know if you if you happen to catch the news, but Zero Hedge did get labeled today by the U.S. government as Russian propaganda. So, uh, you know, the intel they pissed off the intelligence agencies. Did you, did you catch one of that? that no, uh, I did not catch that. That's hilarious. Though. So the U.S. government has officially <laughs> labeled uh, Zero Hedge as Russian propaganda. So we've been bringing you Russian propaganda, right? You know, before it was even cool. I mean, we've been, I mean, I've been basically reading Zero Hedge since 2000. Hey, that's why, hey, I'm a double agent. I used to work on in the NATO intelligence up at the Russia border. I switched <laughs> Sides. This is it. I'm out. I'm out of the closet, the Rus- guys. The Ruskies. I mean, actually, I was also, <laughs> you know, I was also looking at AK-47s earlier too. So I mean, I'm ah, vodki Putin. Ash. Yeah, like literally one of these tags tabs is a uh, AK-47. <laughs> I don't, I don't actually own one, but I would like to own one. Uh, so selling in a few mega caps can quickly turn into a waterfall. Former CBOE, that's a Chicago Board of Options Exchange floor trader. Uh, basically, I mean, if we just take a look at the headline over here, I mean, and, you know, scrolling down a little bit, you know, it does talk about the proliferance of ETFs and how Tesla is in 200, uh, major different ETFs. And, you know, basically if Tesla stock goes higher then all these 200 ETFs have to start buying, uh, Tesla, but, you know, it, it works the other way around. And so, you know, all really sort of takes is, you know, a little bit of momentum and inertia going in one direction. And then that selling then begets more selling. Uh, now, I thought that, that was going to happen more into the bond market. And it was, you know, almost a year ago and like four days. It was, I think it was actually it was like this time last year when I was giving the Anarcha Poco. Sorry, two years ago. Two years. It's crazy how quick time flies. But two years ago, giving the talk about how the corporate bond market was about to blow up. And specifically, if you're in an investment grade bond fund, the next time you have a recession, about, uh, I think it was close to like half, it was about 40% of those bonds go get downgraded at least one notch. And so if you have about half the bond market at triple B and then, you know, then about half of that ends up going to uh, double B, then all of a sudden now you're not investment grade. Then those funds would then be forced to sell non-investment grade assets. And then that selling would then get into more selling because no one would then be buying at this point and it would just be a complete calamity. However, as the BlackRock fund manager points out, this was all staved off because one of the companies uh, called BlackRock got to act as the broker and then sell their own effing junk bond fund to, uh, they got to sell it to the Federal Reserve. And so now instead of having to get rid of those assets and uh, you know dump that into a market at a fire sale, they got paid a hundred cents on the dollar to basically stave off this recession. But the thing is like in 2008 ETFs were not that big of a deal. They weren't a huge, uh, huge part of the market. And now they are a huge part of the market. And like if you're in an S&P 500 fund and all of a sudden you, know, you get all this new money coming in, they're just keep buying and buying and buying and buying. And so it's sort of like the big richest, uh, 
you know, most powerful companies are going to keep getting more rich and powerful under this ETF type structure. That's exchange traded fund, where instead of being, I mean, now there are some that are actively managed, but for the most part, they're passive investments. And so they just either track like the top 500 stocks, they track, you know, all, you know, all the large cap stocks or all the small cap stocks or all like one specific sector or one specific niche. And, uh, you know, it's something that really barely existed in 2008, but now it's huge. Yeah. And you know what the number is there? Like, uh, actually, people should watch my interview with Chris Galazio, former uh, Fidelity fund manager. We actually go into that in great detail where we talk about that as specifically, you know, the ETF problem. And he says that it's as bad as 85% Tim is actually passively managed money uh, right now on Wall Street uh, in these ETF funds. And he was talking about the same thing, you know, just a waterfall basically happening when there's a little bit of sell-off because there's only 15% active investors there, you know, to pick up the slack over to 85%. That, that is not a good thing. Like the market will be <laughs> driven down quite drastically when it first comes. And that could, you know, what happened in, in Japan with ETFs, right? Like they had to bail out 86 point something percent of all the funds, the central bank over there. So I think that's definitely what's coming next is, you know, massive crash in the ETFs, uh, Tim, uh, that's something as, we are, we've know, been talking yeah. that, that's been going on since about like 2014 where the bank of japan was the largest shareholder in i think uh pretty much all of the top 10 funds and pretty much like all of the top 100 funds and like as you pointed out you know it, it owned uh you know just a massive amount of the new issuance of stock purchases and bond purchases were to the bank of japan which is basically actual fascism because you have the state which is even worse than this because now it's not even the state. It's a private corporation masquerading as part of the state. Then, uh, you know, basically gets to buy up these assets from things they never had to begin with. Well, yeah, and, and if you take a look at like how this massive quantitative easing and what it's actually done for the economy, it's done nothing good. Like, let's take a look at the, just the last 22 years. This is a chart here. Uh, of the purchasing power. This is from the, the BLS and from Wall Street, Wall Street, uh, Wolfstreet.com uh, has shared, you know, the actual purchasing power of $100 since, you know, if you kept that $100 and just let it sit and uh, in 2022, would it be worth? It'd be worth $60 now uh, in actual purchasing power. So, so that is, Pretty insane. That's a drop of 40% in value over just 22 years. And people like to be like, oh, yeah, it's over time. You know, they, they show the good old chart of the last 100 years of the dollar being pretty much worthless, right? But like seeing it in this perspective actually gives you a little bit of understanding of how drastic. When I basically started yeah. high school, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I just got into the job market full time in 2000 as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, like how how bad, you know, uh, this has been for the economy. Uh, you know, it's just a continuous acqu uh, acquiring of debt uh, in the world. Like you look at everything. So I, I talk about this where I say that, OK, so everybody had like a loss of purchasing power, uh, basically. Uh, but people's like, well, they're so wealthy now. They have all these things. But then like, how do they acquire them? They acquired them by debt, right? Like most people, we're not talking about everybody, but most people acquired, you know, their phone by debt. They acquired their car by debt. They acquired their house by debt. 
they acquired, you know, a whole bunch of other things by debt. You know, all their little doodads, play play things, you know, like... Uh, actually, it is sort of a smart yeah. strategy if you can use debt effectively and now you're getting, you know, a car payment that's, you know, 0.99% interest rate or a mortgage at 2.8%. I mean, you'd be sort of stupid to... But if you drive a, if you, if you drive a lot, though, like now you're stuck with, like, for example, me and my wife, we drive like 200,000 in three years kilometers now that car is pretty much worthless if you went on that loan now like now we got to roll it over and the car has dropped drastically in value so like depending on what you do right like it's uh it might be a bad bet as well well then <laughs> if something happens to to you then the bank's on the hook for a collateral that's not worth anything it has a bunch of debt and then you know you're you know it's more like the but Tim, Tim, this is the this is the a little tidbit here you know you could just go out and get a car title loan I don't know yeah, if you heard about think, that. I don't, I don't think we want to do uh, car title loans. Anyways, one of the, another article that you had sent over was uh, right now for, for the audio listeners, it shows the S&P 500 index periods of different zero returns. Uh, I did cover this in uh, one of the Tim and Yoshi shows, but I didn't have the chart up on screen. So what we're, what they're showing is an exponential, exponential growth trend of the S&P uh, 500 going back to basically 1900. And it does show there was a period of, you know, right around 1900 to I'm just kind of eyeballing this uh, 19, about 53, where the market had 52 years of essentially zero return. There was another 26 year period from about 65 to just eyeballing this about 89 during like that black, black Monday ish timeframe. So maybe that was eight, yeah, probably about 88, 89. And uh, even yeah, I know black Friday, black Monday was on 87, but uh yeah, that shows that's 26 years, and there's a 13-year period from the top of the dot-com bubble up to 2013-ish. Uh, and then now, I guess if the trend continues, I guess we'd be at about seven and a half years of zero returns, just given uh, how it seems like it cuts in half every single time. <laughs> I mean, I think that is just a, a coincidence, sort of being facetious. But the bigger point is, for those who are listening, that it shows that the that the current valuation uh, or asset price of the S&P 500 relative to the exponential growth trends is massive. And I believe off memory, it basically could go down about 61.8% to at that point, you know, get to what would be going back to the long-term trend lines. And so, you know, essentially well, quantitative everything. Hockey sticking. That's a new term, Tim, that we could call it. Yeah. So here we go. 61.8% retracement would make it a bear market by breaking this bullish trend. And so what they're saying is, uh, you know, earlier we had talked about the arbitrary nature of what is a recession. And, you know, I guess this is also sort of talking about the arbitrary nature of what is a bear market. And, you know, a lot of people are just going to define a bear market as a 20% decline. And it looks how, how what these people are doing is that they're basically taking that, you know, uh, that exponential growth trend. And then once the, you know, current price breaks below that long-term moving average, then that's where they're defining a bear market. And, you know, again, you know, that could be an arbitrary definition as well, too. So, uh, you know, especially if, if you're dealing with something in Bitcoin, because, you know, a 20% decline is not that big of a deal in Bitcoin. So, you know, to say, oh, we got bear, maybe we'd have micro bear markets and bull markets all the time if that was the case. And so that's why you're, you're going to use like in something in crypto, like you might use like a 200 day moving average, as, you know, sort of to define that. But again, these are all sort of, you know, just made up terms. And I really like that Steve Jobs once said that, you know, just remember that the world was made up by people that are no smarter than you and we have the power to change anything. And, it's, and unfortunately, you know, the bad guys know that too. And so they use the power, like if you're Erdogan, to then fire your 
chief uh, statistician because it showed that there was 36% inflation. So, you know, what you do is you keep, you know, printing more money and ordering more goods and more bread and circus. And then you're like, oh, I don't know why there's all this inflation. Boom, we got a fire, uh, you know, kill the messenger in this case. But, you know, it just goes to show that we're in, you know, and I'm not saying there's going to be some gigantic market crash. I think it's going to be more of a crash in purchasing power of people just from the simple fact that you could have just a complete hyperinflation of the stock market going to infinity if eventually the dollar isn't worth anything. And I don't really want to cover too much into why I think the dollar is actually get stronger before it gets weaker. But, that, you know, that should pretty much be like a whole video in and of itself. Uh, but anyways, what, what are you showing us right now? I, I, I'm going to show you that you talked about Black Monday, right? On 1987. And uh, actually, there's a, a little minion of Klaus Schwab. Uh, she was in the inaugural class of Klaus uh, in 1993. And her name is Elaine uh, Garazzelli, fellow of Italian, Tim. Uh, and uh, she actually used to work at uh, as a stock analyst at Shares and Lehman which is, I guess, former Lehman Brothers. Um, and she actually uh, was known for predicting the, the Black Monday stock market in 1987. Uh, and she went, I think, let's see here. Uh, yeah, she uh, she went to Wall Street Journal uh, in, on October 20, 28, 1987, and, uh, and basically said that, yeah, everyone, uh, we were in trouble and uh, she went on cable news and money lines. She became famous actually. And, and I guess that's how Klaus picked her up, uh, you know, uh, in his little minion class, you know, he trains his little, like basically Klaus is like, uh, you know, like that evil guy in the minions or, <laughs> you know, how to have all those little yellow minions, like all those yellow minions are like the young global leaders right now. And uh, actually, one lady that's one of the top ones is uh, right now is, well, there's many of them. There's Angela Merkel. There's uh, Lawrence Summers, Anderson Cooper. They could go on forever. The Jamie Dimon. Trudeau. Brown. Trudeau is not in there, Tim. He's, he's does not show up anywhere in any of the documents. But Klaus, but Klaus Schwab talks about how he was one of his young global leaders, like on video. Yeah, the problem is you can't find it though. Like, there's no. So if you can't find him, then there's not, and and that's the one that's like sort of admitted and everybody knows because I mean Klaus Schwab, you know, you just don't make up something with, uh, you know, in that video with David Gergen, and so and as far as Arthur Diamond Hands pointed this out too, but you know, every time I see David Gergen, I just think of that one uh, Alex Jones clip where he ends up, you know, sort of ambushing him and talking about Bohemian Grove, uh, and I believe that was on uh, like a History Channel episode. So now every time I see David Gergen, uh, that's that's exactly what I think of. So, uh, but anyways, while you're trying to, uh, so are you looking for, are you trying to look uh, for, uh, yeah, no, there's no, tr I actually searched for Trudeau and I can't find him unless he is under an alias. Maybe, maybe his name is Julian Castro. There's a Julian Castro. Here. <laughs> well, they both saw Jay and, uh, they are, uh, Castro. Anyways, you know, well, you know, but let's tease something else up too, because right now, uh, you know, one of the reasons we, I guess you wanted to talk about all this stuff is you were essentially pretty much like the first person I know that really started looking into this World Economic Forum uh, Young Leader School and Initiative. And now there's other people starting to look at this. And I actually just heard this clip uh, earlier today and uh, wanted to make you aware of this. I know you probably looked at this too after I sent this, but just one second here. This is Dr. Robert Malone. Encounter the Young Leaders Program. 
like conditions now, and it's almost completely the vaccinated. And Pfizer and Merck and all of them are coming out. Wait for it. With an mnra HIV vaccine, which, again, will only mitigate the infection. they got to keep giving it to you, and then it'll end up killing you in the end as well. So suddenly there's all these mutations and all these things going on, and the very— you know, I didn't actually start it at the right at the right spot in there, but that actually would be something uh, probably good to cue to cue off of because it does seem like there is. I think it was like the twenty two fifty marker. I might need to go back to my phone and see the exact marker. I see all this propaganda now, like involving AIDS, where it's. Uh, I think you know, it's like 24 or something, he starts talking about young global leaders or something. But uh, well, I don't want to think it's 24. I don't know the exact mark because I sent but, you the... Uh... But he's talking about HIV there. You know, I, I found it interesting. I just did a search on Moderna and their current trials. And when you put in HIV, Tim, you get the RSV mRNA uh, vaccine shows up. Like when you put in HIV on there, like it doesn't show anywhere in the text anything about HIV, but when you search for HIV, you get RSV. Very, very interesting. Uh, just one second here. This is going to drive me nuts. You know, I'm just going to. Well, it's, it's just a couple more minutes. Uh, like if you go to like 23, 24, I think. Vaccine autoimmune deficiency disorder. I have a big stack right here. Ladies and gentlemen, go through the last two years, two years without being. I'm going to be getting to, you know, just vage. Damn it. <laughs> We're live here. Now, I'm not going to start telling you this. I told you two years ago, HIV will explode. And that the so-called mRNA vaccine is what's going to cause it. And bigger than Dallas, Texas. Everyone has AIDS. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. It is awesome. This is not a culture war, ladies and gentlemen. This is a globalist, great reset, new world order attack. In fact, I want to just back to back play clip one and two from last night. I never got to with Tucker Carlson and Dr. Malone. You cannot go through the last two years without being transformed and becoming acutely aware of how compromised our government is. And it's not just our government. For me, I've been dragged kicking and screaming, you know, just resisting this whole World Economic Forum thing. Um, and the, the kind of the epiphany moment for me was when I encountered the Young Leaders Program and uh, the videos of Klaus Schwab bragging about how he has basically infiltrated all of the Western governments with... I believe Justin Trudeau participated in that, didn't he? Justin Trudeau, Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Uh, it goes on and on. Matter of fact, uh, so one of the things we're going to do on our Substack is we're going to try to um, do the diligence and map the Young Leaders Program graduates uh, to their various positions throughout the United, throughout the um, North American government structure, Canada and the United States, because they're all over. Every neoliberal robot with power it seems like came through that and the what they one of the characteristics they seem to share if you look at gavin newsom and justin trudeau is is two exemplars um uh, the you know the leader of new zealand i mean just goes on and on and on is they they don't seem to be big thinkers no and not at uh, all 
they they're very much party line people. Yes. And that was a confusion to me too, until I saw the website where the World Economic Forum lays out its policy positions. Very fascinating. It's interactive. You know, if you click on COVID nineteen, it shows how that relates to. Um, you know, uh, global warming and everything else. Exactly. It's all, it's all inter- Climate change, institutional <laughs> yeah, racism, yeah. COVID. It's all in a matrix. It, yeah, it, but it is. Oh, I know. It is. It's all there. But where I was going to go with, with Steve is he started to use the term the party of Davos. And I, and I think that that's more than just political slang. Oh, I agree. I think it captures, I, I do think, I really have, I've been dragged into this, but I'm now... Um, of the opinion that we have had a 30-year effort to subvert uh, the Western democracies by a group of people that are backed by big money uh, that um, believe in the concept of a centralized government uh, for, for the world. Their ultimate goal is to be like God and to have smartphones. Yeah, now... Uh... I mean, I don't even know where to start there. I mean, essentially, he wants to help map out the same network that you've already been mapping out. So it'd be awesome if a bunch of people could, you know, tweet John's video to Dr. Rob Malone, save him a whole bunch of uh, research and a whole bunch of uh, grief. And even the other part of this was, you know, pretty bombshell, too, when it was talking about AIDS, 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 AIDS. And of course, that's a uh, reference to uh what was it, the, the South Park clip where it's like, everyone has AIDS? I don't know if it's like part of the Book of Mormon or whatever, one of the uh, South Park plays. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, showing, I guess, a- aging myself there. But, you know, who doesn't think, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, and the thing is, Fauci was behind AIDS too with, you know, the AZT. And then, it, you know, it was basically the medicine that was killing everybody. But now I see, what is it, that Prince, uh, was the one that's over here, over here, Prince Harry, He's out there talking about, oh, I got not only to get my COVID test, I got my AIDS test. And everybody should be going and doing their part, you know, paraphrasing here, getting AIDS tests. And then we saw the guy that basically discovered AIDS, uh, the guy out in France, who actually just died last week. Did he die? Yeah, he died. Yeah, he died. Yeah, he died last week. And so, uh, you know, that guy, you know, who said that there was all the, showed that there was that there was HIV that was spliced into, now, I mean, here we go. I mean, this episode is basically already done in terms of being on youtube so oh, there's, there's videos of peter daszak at a new york forum saying that like we we just used like tried to bind the spike protein to this uh to this uh basically like this wire then and make it into a, a coronavirus like he's on a video saying that like i just watched it i i have it somewhere but on my phone and uh, he's part of the eco health alliance which yeah. then were funded by the NIHAID, which was uh Fauci's organization and there's all these emails, you know, going back and forth. And Dazic was also the guy that sort of, you know, led the spearhead charge to discredit the Wuhan Institute of Virology when yeah, he, he was the guy know, investigating himself. It's like the arsonist, it's like a, you know, you're asking like the arsonist yeah. to, you know, investigate, you know, who started the fire when, uh, when it was with the, the who and it was him. Uh, but yeah, so I just, you know, it's this multifaceted angle of, you know, first it was the HIV AIDS part of this, which it seems like now there's different articles too about like vaccine induced AIDS or, uh, you know, just so much crazy stuff that's out there and things that, you know, we sort of, and there was all these, you know, speculation from, uh, not speculation, uh, you know, right out the bat, there was people who were testing positive for HIV in different, uh, you know, after, after they had gotten the shot or, you know, had been diagnosed with this. And so it seems like they're literally trying to have some sort of massive, 
kill off die off population and that it's giving people heart attacks blood clots now aids i mean uh we're not doctors allegedly so well guess who's on the young global leaders uh network like the uh, part of the membership there well steve blanchel the head of uh biontech oh. no biontech uh and, and then you got uh the, there's a vp of pfizer there uh that was like lately actually and then there's the one of the guys that developed the astrazeneca vaccine was there uh the guy also that developed the sputnik 5 vaccine was on on the young global leaders as well uh, i haven't looked uh, near enough like i'm as i'm said like i'm only like almost 60 people in now uh but the guy that i just looked at was uh, none other than William H. Gates and also his son Bill Gates was there and Zuckerberg was there Jack Ma was there Jeff Bezos was there you know like the the list is just like uh, J Jamie Dimon you know all these people uh yeah sorry and, and also also one more thing you know in Canada guess who's uh you know Trudeau doesn't show up anywhere actually on these lists but guess who shows up Three current ministers in Canada, including the finance minister, that was the one that triggered the Emergency Measures Act that was just put in, the former uh, act that was called the War Measures Act that was only used in World War One, World War II, and 1970 by Pierre Elliott Trudeau, and currently by his little minion son, or maybe, probably not his son, real son, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Justin Castro uh, over there, you know, uh, he's the second. So there's two Trudeaus that are used it. <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, the other times was World War, basically. Uh, so, so it's just hilarious. But uh, who's actually on the Young Global Leaders? Cynthia Freeland. She was twice a Young Global Leader, by the way. Uh, and she is the head, like she's the finance minister of Canada by the way, has zero uh, understanding of finance, has no degrees in finance. I think she has some Russian politics or uh, like something like that that she studied. But I think Cynthia Freeland is probably the uh, way worse person that sitting back there, you know, having control over the money. She is in control here. And, and you know, little Trudeau, he's just a stupid little trust fund kid, you know, that... Uh, was sitting on a whole bunch of money. Actually, what I learned from the guy that I work with, uh, he was telling me how actually Trudeau had a oil refinery in in Montreal uh, under a, that it is now under a trust, but that was actually used to then uh, you know cut out uh, cut out actually the oil sands, and then having Saudi Arabian oil come into Canada to Montreal, getting refined at the Trudeau-owned family-owned refinery, and then getting shipped uh, into Canada as he canceled all the uh, oil, you know, over there in the oil sands in Alberta. And that's, you wonder why the Albertans are pissed off at Trudeau? Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, this is, so the, the War Measures Act is totally an, an escape for, you know, being used for what he's doing it in. But I I was like early saying that you know, he's going to try to do it. He's going to try to repeat his dad. He wants to be better than his dad, uh, better totalitarian than his dad, of course. And and sure enough, you know, the little, little, little bastard it is with <laughs> That I have agreed to this calling. I love democracy. I love the Republic. The power you give me, I will lay down when this crisis has abated. 
in order to ensure the security and continuing stability. It's basically showing. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's in blackface too. Look at that. <laughs> so it's basically showing him as Emperor Palpatine for people who are listening. And and actually, yeah. so this is showing like all the dank memes, like making fun of. Well, uh, I basically Trudeau. said. I, I basically said yesterday when he actually declared, uh, you know, state of emergency, declared himself dictator of Canada. Uh, basically, so he is. He's just unhinged. And actually, what I heard is actually now his. His uh, rating is 16%. 16%? Oh, he's he's in deep trouble. Like, But he's going like just full authoritarian. Like this is his wet dream, basically. Uh, you know, his dad was a great totalitarian. And, and of course, his dad was great friends with none other than, you know, uh, Fidel Castro. Uh, over there in Cuba, so he was his dad was a great admirer of, of Fidel Castro, and, and guess who voted for this War Measures Act as well? It was the NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, which has gone out and made a Twitter, uh, basically tweeted that you know like the great uh, Fidel Castro, the you know the strong leader of of Cuba, and you know like basically congratulating him on his birthday, and and so on. So that's who we. <laughs> Oh, goodness. you know, I think. So uh, let me see if this is the clip. That, you know, I had seen a, a clip earlier. And I think it might be this one, but it actually was really good. So hopefully, it's this one. This is really good. Watch Justin Trudeau declare a national emergency. Small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. We are not intimidated by those who hurl insults and abuse at small business workers and steal. Is that why they hid for two weeks, little bitch? You weren't we won't give in to those who fly racist flags. And he keeps on running away from the meetings that they actually debate the emergency act. To those who engage in act. vandalism like and I, or dishonor the, the memory of our veterans. And that so thing where he's behind a pile of wood is definitely behavior, a green screen. Right there. Fucking green stop. screen. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, that I find quite interesting. Regardless of the fact that we are attacking your fundamental rights or limiting your fundamental rights, and the Charter says that wrong. This is actually taking a bit out of context, by the way. It's the cut out. Government yeah. But anyways. ...has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. We went after the funding. Our efforts hey, he's fired, by the, the way. Efforts it's out! Eliminated the GoFundMe. He... $10 million are no longer accessible to the demonstrators. There are other funding avenues that we continue to aggressively go after through intelligence, information, Coordination with, with financial bangsters. institutions 
and all three levels of government. We are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules so that they cover crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they have to register with pin-track pursuing the funding that has enabled this demonstration to continue to this point these changes cover all forms of transactions including digital assets such as cryptocurrencies i want to be very clear the scope of these measures will be look at cynthia in the background by the way watch her graphically targeted as well as yeah. reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address. The emergency act will be used <laughs> to strengthen and support law enforcement agencies at all levels across the country. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs, and restoring confidence in our institutions. As of today, a bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order. Justin Trudeau, I mean, I thought he was kind of a cool guy. Then I started to read what he, he said. This is a couple of weeks ago. He was, or maybe this is September, but he was talking about people who are not vaccinated. He said they don't believe in science. They're often misogynistic, often racist. No, they're Ooh, not. That was not that, smart of him at all. Right. He said, but they take up space. But then he mm. doubles and, and triples that. And with that, we have up. to make a choice <laughs> in terms of a leader as a country. Do we tolerate these people? It's like, tolerate them? Now you do that's, sound like no, him. Yeah, I thought that was a great mashup, and I I didn't actually know that that was at the end of here, but I did hear. Uh, you know, I, I usually listen, try like try to fast forward like the first hour. Yeah, I know it's a. You gotta remember, like uh, Justin Trudeau has wanted to become a dictator ever since he his birth dad, you know, uh, Fidel. You know, have uh, basically he went down there and hung out, and then I guess uh, his mom hung out for a little bit longer than his dad did. <laughs> down in uh, Cuba. <laughs> and the thing is, that is. isn't really, I mean, while we don't have like absolute proof, I mean, it, it, what he, his mom was down there around the time, about nine months before the birth, and there's pictures of all of them hanging out together. Then I think they went on the honeymoon, and there was sort of, like, some undisclosed look, island in the he Caribbean. He does not look like his dad. Let's just leave it at that. He looks actually a lot like. And his brother is actually very cool. I, I heard it. I mean, I've heard yeah. like Dan Dix interview him How before Kemper, in the past. Yeah, that's his half brother, yeah. And I guess he was. He, I guess he's been to Anarchapoco before, so he. Could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a big crypto guy, actually. Like he's heavy into crypto. He actually moved out of Canada because of the like the actual regulations. Uh, but he has actually kids in Canada, so he can't go back because he he chose to you know had a medical decision that uh, you know his brother didn't like, so he's he's not allowed uh, back into the country right now. Uh, as is, and and I'm not allowed out of the country, you know, traveling right now, as is because the, you know, totalitarian great leader uh, over there, uh, you know, Justin is is nobody other than, you know, a uh, uh, one of those trust fund kids, you know, that uh, that you see that is a part of Antifa and so on. That that's basically, you know, the extent of what he is. Uh, he just have gotten. Meanwhile, they are the fascists. They're literally the ones who are then directing yeah. the big banks to then freeze oh. payments with no court orders, and then they are the ones who are like got all the big money, all the big bankers, all the big corporations, yeah. and yet you know funny you know funneling money into 
these politicians that are then being and, run and by these corporations what? while then saying that we're the fascists. Yeah, guess what, Tim? Guess who actually drove over some protesters in Winnipeg uh, just recently at like our. I'm going to guess Antifa. Yeah, it was an Antifa guy uh, that actually drove over and he, he ran away. He said that, oh, it had nothing to do with the protests at all. It's like, and then people actually do research on this guy. And of course, media doesn't cover that his Antifa or anything. Uh, and, and they're just hiding it up. Like now there was just a, a piece from the great Winnipeg Free Press that our our friend Kirk Chisholm actually was interviewed by, and and he you know mentioned that uh, you know like why don't you ask John Snyzen about this and and he was told they didn't like me <laughs> over there at the Great Free Press, which is actually Rothschild Consortium that owns the Winnipeg Free Press, by the way. Uh, so it's it's pretty funny how how that works out, but uh, there's just a lot of scumbags here in Winnipeg, and and of course like. Uh, uh, oh, here's the Moderna CEO, Tim. Let's let's look at what happened. What did he do now? It looks like the Moderna CEO dumped $400 million in stock and deleted his Twitter account. So, I mean, that's uh, nothing well, so actually, suspicious. Actually, what have come out is that he's actually, there's a patent. They're in huge patent problems and they probably have to declare bankruptcy potentially because they stole a patent that somebody else had. Uh, not that I, you know, I'm not a big fan of patent, but it seems like that might be. Now, I'll say ale- allegedly, because uh, you know we don't yeah, want uh, allegedly, this... yeah. Yeah, now I don't know anything about what, what you just said with with that, but it is. Uh, and I'm just reading this article that, that you had sent over, but it is, uh, you know, whether smoked or fired. Now, I don't know like what percentage of his shares that, that represented. Let's see, it has increased. Where does smoke? There's a dumpster fire. Also, uh, Shell is the profits much more than they are now. I mean, I mean, obviously, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to, you know, jinx myself over here, and all of a sudden now everyone's forced vaccinated. But I mean, there's already so much, you know, that's gone on the past two years that it, for me it would be hard to imagine that stock. I think I'm not giving financial advice with this. Uh, didn't really look into that at all. Just, you know, it, it just seems like you know if there ever was a time that there's stocks be riding high, you know, it'd be you know after this huge pandemic, and it's really. You know the amount of effort they would need to make in order to get higher profits would have to be like pretty much insane. However, now if you know there's going to be like, you know AIDS vaccines and you know they'll get in on that and maybe they'll you know get a bunch of uh, you know options and uh, you know make billions of dollars off of uh, curing everyone of the AIDS that they uh, could have potentially. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, actually, I got to retract to what I said about uh, Steve Bushell. He's actually the CEO of not Pfizer, BioNTech, but Moderna. Yeah. So. Oh, did I say Moderna? And then you're yeah, like, you're oh, no, right. my own time. Right, you were right, Tim. Thank you. If only, if, only, if, if only I heard my ex-wife say that more. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, actually, Moderna is quite, they're just still like nowhere near. Like they were $13 back in, in April, you know, pre-crisis. And then uh, as they got into COVID, basically, they, uh, yeah, they're, they're actually... I love how their ticker is mRNA. I mean, it's just, yeah, you know, yeah. absolutely great that it's <laughs> that it's mRNA. And, yeah. and the thing is, like, they, it was going to take... I mean, there's a video of Fauci saying that basically the holy grail of vaccine technology, and it's, again, it's not even a vaccine, gene therapy, but is the mRNA. And he's like, you know, even if, you know, the clinical trials and all the stuff and go into phase one and phase two and phase three and, and blah, 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 like, and everything goes perfect, like, we're looking, you know, 10 to 15 years, maybe 20 years out, 
And so this was like a massive facts track. We obviously already covered the black rock angle of all this, of how this was a financial cover up, but it, it hit so many different things and squelched different protests and got to get all these bad asses off the sheets and gets to, you know, bring in, you know, martial law in Canada. And, and I'm really glad that I, you know, am living here in Arizona and living in such a free place where there's guns everywhere that, uh, and actually today I actually just met a, uh, gun, a gun tuber, a gun YouTuber that lives in my neighborhood. And, you know, we're talking, so it was kind of just by complete coincidence today. So, uh, Funny. yeah, so yeah, just by complete, I, had, I had no idea, but, uh, you know, it's not, not really surprising, but the thing is like, you see all these jackbooted thugs out there in Canada who are, you know, going and trying to arrest all these truckers and really what actually is going on. What is the state of affairs now? Like are all the truckers left and they left just the bridges, but are still in Ottawa. And, and I'm, there's I generally don't still, know. Like they're still driving around slowly right now. Like they actually open up the border. What, what happened at Coots was interesting. That could be a false flag because they apparently found a massive stash of guns uh that they claimed for that was the reason actually for trudeau probably to go in there uh in the first place really so and, was this kind of before or after all the uh emergency no, acts? this was before this was before the emergency act like they, they found some kind of stash there and they arrested 13 people uh so who knows like actually the rcmp in canada was caught uh, staging a terror attack with some people and they actually got sued by the parents of these kids and then they lost the lawsuit because they actually pushed them into uh, trying to commit a terror attack, the RCMP in Canada. So that's how, how great they are uh, and how much you trust them. Like, it's basically almost like they, uh, I would call them, like, maybe you could maybe call them the FBI because they're all, like, they're national, right? Like, the national police uh, force in, in Canada, right? So uh, they, they have, there's a lot of corruption there, of course. And, uh, uh, and as you, as you travel around, you you see see a lot of them. You know, they they have their bases up at these reserves too. Like, there's a couple of reserves that actually have their own RCMP police stations. Uh, and uh, you, you know, nothing is better than you got to remember, like Trudeau. He actually did a election right in the middle of the pandemic, by the way, uh, because he had you know given out like what was it 400 billion dollars of free money. Uh, which doesn't sound like much compared to the United States, but that's like compared to actually the uh, the Canadian debt at the time, it was officially 700 something. And then he added another 400 plus billion in just one year. And and so actually uh, right after that, he came out and then did a, a election, right? Because he thought that he'd be popular enough with all the free money. And and of course he knew that he had the media on his side because he's given them six million, $600 million dollars. You know, in different advantages and and and, and uh, grants and so on. Uh, so when you have them on the side, and then of course you made fun of it. Like there's actually a speech at the press forum or whatever he did a speech at. He he had the the stupidity of making fun of that. That's like, oh, the reason why they're letting us off the hook is because I gave them six hundred million dollars. Yeah, and I remember that. Everybody's just laughing at it. Uh, you know, the person that actually would make a joke like that has you, you know is a totalitarian. Uh, he, he basically like, it's like when you, when you see the, just his behavior where there's like, literally like he doubles and triples down, uh, when everybody hates him, uh, it, it just shows you like that there's 
no character there at all. Like, he's just a pure politician. Actually, he was talking about, you know, having freedom of choice and everything, you know, in the, in the early election. It's like this video zone saying that, you know, like, individual freedom of choice is paramount here in Canada. <laughs> and then, of course, he comes out and, like, basically, you know, if you, if uh, like, these poor truckers, you know, they uh, basically lost their job uh, if they, they had to. So this is how bad it was, or it is. If you're a vaccinated trucker, you come from the U.S. to Canada and you're Canadian, you have to, uh, as you pass the borders, sit for two weeks in quarantine, uh, basically, and you have a load of goods and services. <laughs> so just basically, like what, what they've done in Canada is basically making it so hard that most people are just tapped up. But actually, good news here in Manitoba, for example, uh, there was, you know, uh, I think like 900 a thousand close to a million people that took the initial uh, two doses but now there's only 500,000 that are taking the three doses and they had a long 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 time compared to the two doses uh, right now so it's not looking good uh, for anybody and and here they're opening everything up now they're removing the vaccine passports in Manitoba on March 1st and then they're removing the max uh, no the mask mandates on the 15th on March so they're actually like, and it's funny, all this happened right after the, the convoy started to happen. And also the the uh, the conservatives had to get rid of the leader because in order to be elected again in the next election in Alberta and where they have their stronghold, that's where all these convoy truckers, a lot of them come from. <laughs> so they, they need to actually get reelected. So they caved under the pressure that's why manitoba it did one of like the leaders up there and is like and it's we're, we're sending this stuff but it has nothing to do with the trucker convoys or something like no, that no, I remember. It's, it's yeah actually i think it was uh i think it uh actually was uh what's her name oh. uh, uh no stephens and heather stephens uh, premier of manitoba that actually said that uh and of course it has everything and it has to nothing to do with the, with the trucker yeah, convoys and actually, we have a convoy. I actually have a picture. Like, I should put together and, and put it up there. But there is a uh, freedom convoy protest. And they've taken over the legislative building and the roads down to it as well here in Winnipeg as well. So they had a party there the other night. And, and uh, they're, they're go still going strong down there. Uh, and uh, she actually had to say that, oh, there's no threat here. Because she doesn't want to let, let actually Trudeau enact the war measures act in manitoba because that's what he could do like he could go after and then agree with the province premier and then say like hey let's go in there and then like fuck over but and also what the war measures act is doing tim is that it actually gives them unlimited spending they don't have to agree on anything they could just pass whatever they want right now and so that was my first thing is like holy holy smokes like i read the whole war measures act and and that was kind of the first thing that I thought, like, the, oh, this is a wet dream, you know, like spending uh, a whole bunch more money. So we could probably see a lot of that, like hidden, you know, that that will suddenly come to light. And I think that's, you know, potentially what could happen. Uh, and he's uh, just the insanity that he has, though. But you got to remember that the, the liberals in Canada and the Democrats in the United States are very closely knit. Actually, it was... Justin Trudeau's best friend that sabotaged my party here provincially. Uh, he, and Matthew, his name is, he actually uh, told me that, you know, they actually brought in for the liberal camp, federal campaign here, uh, they brought in uh, Obama's campaign team to help Trudeau. 
and basically went from uh, change to real change. Like real change was Trudeau's uh, slogan. So basically, they, they're all working together cross-border. And what do you got to remember with the, the World Economic Forum, Tim, and, and all these people, like a lot of them that I'm looking at, they're all like leftist socialists. Like, uh, and there's several Communist Party members, Tim, that was young global leaders, by the way. Uh, so it just shows you like uh, the COVID-19, the Great Reset, you read the book, so we know all know what it's about. It's about gigantic government, totalitarian, technocratic takeover over our lives and that, that's all they want like that's what trudeau is pushing with his uh, there's actually three as far as i know there could be more members of the young global leaders in canadian parliament right now you got champagne I, I forgot what the the other one was but then of course the finance minister cynthia freeland is, and was that david was that david axelrod who was helping out trudeau is that who it was david axelrod or was it there's was actually another guy too it was like david Plough or something like that. Uh, oh, uh, no, there's there's a minion uh, that sits behind him to uh, his best so-called best body. Well, to... it's funny they would they would probably definitely sit behind him if it's uh, Obama <laughs> or maybe Trudeau, Trudeau as well. But anyways, you know, I yeah. do I, I do have to get going at some point, so yeah. I gotta probably wrap this up. But uh, you know, it's just oh, I know we covered a lot of ground, doing a lot of different talking a lot of different things today, but it is. <sighs> You know, it's just so crazy all the stuff going on, whether it's like, oh, yeah. just casually, oh, you know, this the shots could be giving people AIDS. And oh, by the way, you know, we've got this, you know, major breaking news and Trudeau calling, you know, basically make himself a dictator. And I guess, you know, I guess wrapping up here with the mask, I really think there is a chance that, and especially after the Super Bowl, where it showed all the, uh, you know, maskless elites, you know, who've been telling everyone to wear masks for the past two years and, you know, the Hollywood type of people who are then all there without masks. And then you had, uh you know what was it uh david solomon who was the <laughs> was the ceo of what should we call goldman it sachs. uh goldman sachs who was yeah. then djing you know one of the after parties no one's there wearing masks and so at this point i mean i feel like they've it's really really hard to keep that narrative going and just like yeah. you know doug I, ford had said in his video that i i really do think that they're probably going to repeal at least in america a lot of that stuff and i wouldn't be too shocked if maybe they only extend the masks on planes to maybe uh June well, scandinavia, then, scandinavia has removed them uh completely actually tim i'm talking like, like i'm like i think i'm like the last thing to fall will obviously be, be planes and i'm just wondering uh you know i think in america i want to say that it ends about march 15th so maybe it ends up you know being extended another two months and then maybe it gets you know repealed or maybe only if you're vaccinated but tim, or but tim this is an interesting uh move like i follow I, i'm uh, basically receiving what's called the IATA newsletter, the International Aviation and Transportation Agency. And they have something called the IATA Pass, actually, that the, all of them, because what do you got to remember, IATA is all uh, big, major, you know, uh, commercial. Is that International Aviation Travel Association? No, uh, International Aviation and Transportation Agency. Uh, it's called. pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty close. But, but what they do is they actually have IATA Pass. Actually, if you look that up on YouTube, it's basically like a digital ID uh, that you could then put your vaccine passes in. You could put your passport and everything. And, you know, one thing before we quit here, Tim, one of the actual people that were in the convoy, uh, he's a double vaccinated guy. Uh, and the reason why he's there is because he traveled over the border into Canada. Okay. He actually was about to show his vaccination passport. He's like, do you need my vaccination passport? 
And it's like, no, no, don't worry. We, we have that you're vaccinated here. Like it's registered to a passport. And that was the they've already speak, yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, I do need to pack my passport because I'm going to Mexico tomorrow, and I completely forgot to pack my passport. So thank you for reminding me right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I did not have not packed the passport. Yeah, that'd yet. be a good idea. But the thing is, you got like the RFID, and you know, and then through your your cell phone, and like they already know who you're coming, you know, who you are before you get to that those checkpoints, and it's all just security theater. And basically, I told the guy that in, in uh, 2012 at an internal checkpoint where I never left America. And then boom, you know, M4 to the face uh, for, you know, daring to to question them. And and the thing is, I mean, OK, now it's basically so just luckily because of people doing things like me in America, the situation with the internal checkpoints have gotten a lot better, uh, you know, because there, there was a lot of like activism surrounding that. But, yeah, there, there has been checkpoints in America for probably 15 years internally where you don't even leave the country and that this is all just conditioning people to eventually, you know, it's going to, it's like everywhere. It's it's very, it's very close to the Arizona, uh, California border. And then even to go into California, you got to pass through a stupid, like fruit inspection area, like a fucking fruit inspection area. Like you can't take fruit from like Arizona over to California. And then, yeah. And I, I remember when I was young, Tim, when I was traveling with my parents in the nineties, like there was no, uh, like not even metal detectors a lot of times. There's a really funny video where uh, a former activist in uh, Phoenix, I don't think he lives, lives here anymore, but 4409, and this guy was a, like an OG in the activism game, and he there's a video of him going through uh, one of these fruit checkpoints, and I think it's called Fruit Nazi, uh, maybe California checkpoint, and the thing is, this has to be like a 60 IQ type guy that is the, like, honestly, like, if you were, like, centrally casting just some bubble fuck. And I don't even want to say this because I think the guy might actually be mentally challenged. Uh, but he is like the fruit Nazi at this. And so this guy just keeps like busting his balls, like will not like relent. And, and uh, you know, he knows his rights. So let's see fruit Nazi. I'm going to look this up on YouTube right now. Well, people yeah. say that you're fruit. Like that's a bad uh, saying, isn't it? You know what the, you know, I'm typing in fruit Nazi and I actually can't find that actually four, four, well, I, I had an experience actually where i opted found it. out it was in vegas tim and i opted out of the uh you know the and got the pat down you know during that pat down you know what they did just to prove point they actually let a hundred probably people through without even having the metal detector on they just walked like in a line as i was getting patted down just to be like hey don't do that again you know like see like we don't even care you know, and we're completely going off the rails here, and I doubt this episode yeah. is going to make it on YouTube anyways, but I did yeah. find the fruit. So you have the site search in, uh, 4409 or 4409 Fruit Nazi on YouTube. So here we go. So this is Sheldon, who uh, is 4409. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this guy was getting shadow banned, like, way back in the day. But, you know, here, here it is. This is just so great. I haven't watched this in forever. Sir? Hey, how you doing? Okay. Um... This is night cultural inspection. We need to. I need to find your probable cause as to why you would um, doubt what I when I said no. She's upset because she's being filmed, and so she's kind of using that to have us pull over. But I need to know your probable cause. Probable cause? I we think you might be. Caring. What's your probable cause on that? Though? Agricultural commodities. Uh, we feel yeah. that you are carrying. Carrying what? Uh, Milk, cheese, no milk, fruit, uh, fruit, fruit that may contain pests that we don't want or need. Well, we don't have it. Right. 
Uh, we we uh, we we're able to we're able to go from state to state without uh, we, uh, unconstitutional Fourth Amendment uh, checkpoints. I see. Um, so right. You're, we you're, don't. Ha I don't uh, have. I don't have any tomatoes, and I, I don't have any oranges. I, so what else do you need? I'm not going to take your word for it. Uh, uh, what, I mean, you're not getting that? in a vehicle without a warrant. Uh, okay. I'm telling you uh, that. What uh, What I need you to do is. So uh, where's your warrant and your probable pull cause? Pull your vehicle over. No. What guy? What oh, gave you the cause? What gave? Yeah, so you know, this this goes on for a whole nother part too. But I mean, if, for anyone listening to this, you have to like look at this guy. It looks like it's almost like the guy from like hey, Home hey, Alone. Hey Tim, you don't mess with those guys though. Like, uh, actually, my father-in-law was pulled over because he had a piece of wood that he used to prop up his camper, and that was illegal apparently. So he got in a lot of trouble for that. So that's you know like the insanity of, uh, of some of these border regulations. I mean, I would say that this guy, I mean, he has a sixty-eight to seventy-two IQ, and that might be generous. Uh, and the thing is that he's going up against you know a G like Sheldon, who just is so well versed in the laws, just you know completely just destroyed. There's a whole two-part thing, so uh, we'll get this link down below. I wasn't planning on uh, bringing that up, but yeah, this fruit Nazi four four oh nine. So funny. I mean, it probably has a bunch of views on that. I mean, this was uh, old school before a lot of people were even doing videos. Uh, 182,000 views uh, from over 11 years ago. So, you know, pretty, pretty old school in terms of uh, yeah, over, activism over on YouTube. In, over in Canada, we have the truck Nazi right now, you know, hanging out. He doesn't like uh, truckers and he's trying to pull them over uh, without the probable cause over there in Ottawa. So we'll see. But yeah, actually, if you're a part of this, well, is like, uh, what's your what's your probable cause? He's like, uh, agricultural commodities. Like, that's not that's not probable cause. You just said agricultural commodities. Like, you're just uh, you some, like fancy <laughs> agricultural commodities. It's so stupid. Anyways, uh, yeah. thank you guys for paying attention, uh, watching us, the Tim and John show. Hopefully, this audio was much better than last time, where my camera was picking up the camera. Well, my audio was picking up from the camera and not from the mic. Hopefully this time it sounds better. Anyways, I'm Tim Pichot with the Liberty Advisors. That's John Sykes and Economic Truth. That was another Tim and John show. And I uh, can't wait to see what we're going to talk about next week because it just seems like, it's, you know, this week was only, you know, you know, you know AIDS coming back and uh, Trudeau we'll being be a talking. dictator and world well, economic we, leaders. Can't I can't wait to see what we have in store for next talk week. About Tim. I, I want to expose something. Uh, just before we go here, because this is this is a very important matter that I feel like everybody needs to know. And uh, just give me one second here. Here's the buddies. Klaus. Ah, Klaus, das schnell. The thing is, I mean, you have to remember there's people, there's people who are listening to this. So they have no idea what's on screen right now. So. It's basically like a Brokeback Mountain, and uh, and uh, you got Klaus hanging out and snuggling up to Trudeau in the front there, and he says, "Forgot the mean truckers, Justin boy, you can always honk on my horn." Now, can they find this on our Discord? So I mean, we got yes, to pimp the Discord. Go in the Gulag on the Discord, and you'll find uh, the good old boys. Actually, I got another one. Uh, there's a. Uh, you know, let's just end on a good note here with uh, with Trudeau, and uh, yeah, I said, I said, I said that, I said yeah. that one to you, yeah. So, <laughs> and then uh, wait, you got it, John. You, there's people who are listening who have no idea what you just showed on screen. Oh yeah, so so basically, what we showed was uh, it was little uh, little uh, so basically, it's uh, Greta Thunberg and, and Trudeau meeting, and the, it says the most annoying little bitch on the earth meets with Greta. Thunberg. 
<laughs> Greta Thunberg. <laughs> yeah. And I love that one. Uh, and, and then here we got, uh, you know. Oh, Justin. that's so good. Justin. Oh, Kim. Kim Jong Justin. Over there. They have, at, Kim, uh, they have, they have Justin Trudeau as Kim Jong Un, and it's uh, uh, absolutely hilarious. Again, a little bit of weight over there. Support. You know, he's stressed out. And uh, yeah, COVID, here's, here's, COVID another, here's, here's another one. You know, the, that's how democracy works right now here in Canada. Uh, and uh, one last. Let's just see here. Oh, yeah, this one. This one's good. <laughs> you got it, John. You got to explain it. People yeah, okay. are listening so, yeah. to this so have what, no what idea what's seeing, on screen. What we're seeing is Trudeau basically announcing the War Measures Act in Canada. And it's like we got, uh, you know, Xi Jinping saying that, uh, bro, you seen this? And then uh, Putin is answering. And they call us dictators. And then uh, he says, hold up, got a line. And then uh, Kim Jong-un says, hey, bro. And they're all watching. They're all watching Justin Trudeau. Yeah. And so, you know what? And so for those of you who said, you know, would John make it a whole entire episode without talking? I think he didn't even mention Norway. Norway's like in first place in uh, the Olympics, apparently. Or at least last I time I saw. We're beating, we're beating everybody by uh, the seven medals right now. Norway and- is the best place on earth and he did not talk about the fsb we did sneak in i think a manitoba reference i think maybe potentially winnipeg was said protest because there is like a big protest that was in the video but anyways thank you guys so much take care and talk with you guys later peace